Latinos in Clinical Research Community. We are today with a, our special guest, Javier Segura. Uh, he is a clinical data coordinator from Mexico, right? <laughs> so right. Um, let's start how you ended up working in clinical research. Hi, everyone. I, I'm Javier. I'm, um, I hold a bachelor's degree in pharmaceutical chemistry. And during my college years, I spent a lot of time working biotechnology projects, mostly basic research. But after I finished my college, I got hired by a tech startup um, to work with chatbots. There are these automated data collection tools that uh, in that case uh, help us uh, recruit staff for companies throughout Mexico in, in businesses like retail, big cinema, franchises, logistics, like DHL, Stafeta, and all these uh, huge uh, brands in, in the industry. And after a year working in, in that field, I decided to start a master's in life science informatics. I went to Germany and Vienna because I got admitted in, in programs there. And I, while I was in Vienna, I, uh, I attended a symposium on small RNAs where I met a researcher from Ukraine and she's called uh, Katerina Penska. And we, um, uh, start a conversation and, and and add us on, on Facebook on our social media and months later um, I returned to my country and browsing on Facebook just uh, uh, she popped up with with a, a post telling that uh, a company in Slovakia was looking for a clinical data coordinator. So I wrote uh, the data manager of that company, and, and that's how I, I end up in, in clinical data management. I think they found really interesting the fact that I have the life science uh, background combined with this uh, IT-related uh, background as well. So uh, at that moment, I didn't know, I didn't know but um, actually, these experience that seems like unrelated with chatbots and, and working in an HR 3.0 company uh, end up being a, a really good background to, to um, how do you say, to bring something to the table in the in clinical data management. Actually, I, I didn't knew much about clinical data management when I started. I, I followed dance content for a while uh, about the CRA Academy and about uh, monitoring activities, but I didn't realize the, the amount of uh, IT infrastructure required to actually conduct the, the trials. Yeah, that's uh, that's what uh, brought my attention in your uh, linking because uh, it's, it's not very usual that somebody starts 
in data management, <laughs> uh, in research, and and especially because your background uh, in science and um, and then and then the thing I think is many people don't know that besides being a clinical research coordinator, a doctor, a CRA, a monitor, there are much more out there in clinical trials. Um, I, I, I always mention this to Dan and it's uh, basically that any career that you can think of, we have it in research. Like for example, if you like uh, marketing, we have it in research. If you like, uh, I mean, things that you will think that are not related, like, or for example, uh, IT, um, <laughs> IT <laughs> obviously, <laughs> uh, project management, I mean, you name it, we pretty much have it all. And then this industry offers so much more. Um, I think it's very interesting and it's also fascinating because you keep on learning all the time. It's like uh, every time you change a project, you learn something new. Um, And I would like to mention that to the world that uh, research have everything. (laughs) Yeah, actually from HR to, I don't know, uh, accounting, accountants and administrators, and all these professionals uh, are really useful since we, we are organizations that have um, to take care of legal uh, uh, manners, of financial manners. So there's a lot of room to, to a lot of people to, to collaborate. Yep, and actually, um, I, I actually wanted to talk about your your pharmaceutical chemistry and biotechnology background at uh, UNAM, correct? Universidad del México. No, I, I I did my degree in Universidad del Valle de México, it's mm-hmm. UVM, and I worked some time uh, in for the military schools here in Mexico City. The first was uh, the um, uh, military school for health graduates and then the military school of medicine. In the first, I was a research assistant performing cell cultures and uh, immunostaining and immunofluorescence essays to to evaluate breast cancer uh, tissues and the presence of NK cells. To, to correlate the presence of these kind of uh, immune, immune cells with the, uh, with the aggressivity of, of the cancer or the phenotype of the cancer. There on, I went to UNAM. There I went to the Institute of Chemistry. I did uh, molecular cloning and recombinant protein expression uh, for, my, for my undergrad thesis. And the idea there was to actually generate a synthetic a, a polymer, a protein uh, polymers or protein-based polymers to generate this DNA nanostructure with uh, a doctor named Armando Hernandez Garcia. He did his um, PhD and postdoc on this bio nanotechnology field. And he's building this, uh, virus-like particles to, um, de- to be developed like drug delivery methods and, and vaccine uh, development. Awesome. 
Awesome. Um, I think I did want to mention just because, you know, we typically, for the most part, other than maybe once or twice, and we're trying to uh, most definitely, you know, get more access to interview uh, researchers, you know, in, in Mexico and South America, because we're all over, right? And we're um, Latinos in clinical research. So we want to make sure we reach out to all, all everybody all over. Um, how is research in, well, in this situation where you're in Mexico City? Um, you know, in the U.S., everybody has an idea because we have, you know, the sponsors here, we have the headquarters and all of that. Um, but how would you say, you know, for people that have never been to Mexico or Mexico City, um, how would you describe, uh, I guess you say, the, the climate of research over there? Uh, well, I, I think there's a lot of prevalence on basic research, especially in universities. I don't know much about actual, actual clinical research conducted in, in, in universities, but uh, there's a lot of uh, CROs, really big, big CROs here, like Covans, Seniors, Health, um, IQVIA, and all these uh, huge CROs that I think have a global presence. Mm -hmm. So I think most of the people I studied with end up uh, working with in, in, with CROs either on clinical operations or uh, pharmacovigilance or um, I'm, I think I have a friend as well in, uh, in project management as well. So yeah, it, and I think they, these companies like um, have like the biggest market share. I think it's called the, the biggest presence in this field. But as well, there's a lot of pharmaceutical as pharmaceutical uh, companies like Eli Lilly, Bayer, Roche, and all these uh, huge pharmaceutical companies. So in, in that sense, I think there is a plenty of opportunity. Um, Actually, uh, after a start, uh, I spent a year here in Santa Cruz. I started receiving offers from uh, seniors and 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 Cobans, and I think Cognizant. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, I, I enjoy the the way I uh, uh, working with Santa Cruz since it's a home base, remote, fully remote uh, off, uh, position. It gives me a lot of liberty to to uh, manage my time in in the way I find more um, effective, and that way I can spend perhaps uh, most of my time uh, studying and, and um, preparing myself to um, perhaps pursuing. Um, I'm, a postgraduate uh, program. At the same time, um, I can have these uh, like side hustles here with, with my community. Right now, um, I with with my with some friends are like building these uh, science club where we uh, provide training and mentorship to to students here in, in our city and bring some social in initiatives to them uh, to bring science to people that have a less ad uh, advantageous position like 
children in orphanage. Uh, yeah. We have bring um, these science lessons to 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 children here in in communities that perhaps aren't uh, have like a, a really hard time getting access to to scientific content or educational of education of any of any uh, scientific or or technological uh, topics. So that's what I enjoy about being data management, about working remotely because I don't have to be in an office from nine to five. And I mean, I can work from whenever, wherever I want. I could go ahead and move to Argentina or move to to Republica Dominicana, wherever I find it more appropriate, and and do my do my work when where wherever I am. So that's awesome. what I enjoy of it. That's, that's great, really and great. I think that's that's something that the clinical research industry is suffering now <laughs> a lot. Yeah, um, I mean, and you what you're doing with uh, you know your your uh, colleagues, it's very admirable. It's it's amazing, and and we yeah. agree with that. We you know part of wanting to do is Latinos in clinical research. Um, I think we're one of the only organizations. I mean, don't quote me on it, but that we don't charge. Our members, we want to provide these resources for free because we are aware. I mean, I came from the Rio Grande, and there's hardly any, you know, resources on clinical research down there. And and um, you know, so uh, we really want to give these resources, this knowledge, you know, these webinars and these videos to people for free. So you know, also feel free to utilize our website. Uh, we'll be uploading videos in Spanish very soon. It's a, a project we're we're working on at the moment. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's really amazing work that y'all are doing. Thank you so much for, for going above and beyond for the community. No, it's a, it's a real pleasure. I think the only way we can have a, a better world is by, uh, giving, um, up the opportunities, um, to the people that actually can, um, make the most out of them. You know, it's sometimes we think like, people within in a less advantageous position are there because they, they want to or something like that. But really, if they could, they, they would be uh, doing amazing things. So we, I think it's really important to, to open that, that gate and, and, and give them access to, to, to um, um, knowledge that I think can, can change their life and modify completely uh, communities that that are kind of marginated by by either social conflict or some some other um, like my uh, global factor. So I'm really I'm I'm super excited to be to be to see that you're also on that same line of trying to to include or, or to to give access to people to knowledge that can transform their life that can uh, give them uh, um, a new outlook of, of their future and their uh, potential career. And I think that's something uh, that gave me like a two, two years ago, I was like after college, I get all these um, pressure from my family to be in a big pharma company or to be doing or doing science, and since I was just 
doing chatbots they were like oh it's just, that's nothing related to biotechnology why are you not, why you are not cloning chips or something you know but <laughs> but uh, um then uh, showed me this uh, this industry and the the possibility of becoming a CRA on and this insight about uh, what's uh, clinical research uh, about and if, even though when I was in college I had these theoretical notions of the different phases of of drug development actually getting to know about the regulatory submissions and the consent forms and all these uh, documentation required to, to start and conduct a study actually gave me a, a, a clear view of where I wanted to head and and that I think helped me and um, land somehow this this, uh, this position in, in clinical research. Awesome. Well, you never know how how, how big is the impact that you're creating out there until you listen to somebody like you. Mm -hmm. um, probably Dan don't know that his impact is international. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <clears throat> it's, he has a great content and I, I'm really happy that he's supporting uh, this movement of inclusion and and, and and breaking this disparity that, that we, we talk about in in the community. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm curious, you know, given your background and how you ended up in research and your travel, you know, all that stuff, it's um, definitely uh, very different compared to most researchers that I've came across. You know, you have a very um, international background. And so I was curious, you know, you're enjoying your, your current position, you, you know, the flexibility that it gives you. Um, but what do you what do you plan for your future? I mean, are you looking to stay in research or are you looking to <clears throat> excuse me, create anything for yourself or yeah, actually I did, I do. I I'm really into um, becoming clinical data scientist now that I work in data management. I'm learning a lot about the data retrieval and and data exploration techniques. So I want to keep uh, uh, pushing to through that uh, same uh, line and start uh, performing perhaps more analytics with the data and setting dashboards and and, and make be making forecasts and. Uh, one of my fields of interest is computational biology. I attended uh, a course in the Institute Curie in Paris about persistent biology. And I learned there about uh, single, cell, single cell RNA sequencing and all these uh, projects that are having a huge impact, uh, like the Human Cell Atlas project that it's looking to profile each and and, and every cell in our body in order to have a really clear understanding of what's health and what uh, and how disease look compared to it. So um, I, I plan to continue my uh, formation as a scientist. Uh, this year I plan to apply for a program in Buenos Aires in data mining and knowledge discovery and perhaps performing there some bioinformatics related research. Um, 
and who knows i i i i really hope i can get to be a computational biologist or conduct uh, or perform a phd in, in that field um so yeah i i i plan to keep on researching about um um Oh, well, performing research and and, and being um, uh, an authority someday in, in this field and in, in data management and perhaps, I don't know, starting a, a startup um, for uh, offering these uh, solutions to, to CROs and, and pharmaceutical companies. Awesome. Oh, that sounds very wonderful. <laughs> yes, it really does. It really does. And I think that's also amazing. You, um, you know, you, you uh, being, you know, obviously like uh, ambitious and, and going out there and, and making yourself, you know, available to these resources. Because, I mean, I know Monica and Chris can agree, you know, and, and Dan, I know he's not here, but I know he'd agree too. Um, a lot of the times, you know, uh, there's free resources out there. There's, there's knowledge out there. You just need to find it, you need to look for it. Um, and especially, you know, uh, being a minority, um, there's a lot of assistance out there, you know, and there's a lot of options and opportunity. And so, you know, we hope to bring this know, know how or this, you know, awareness to, to our members so that, you know, you don't just have to be at a site. You don't just have to be a CRA CR, uh, or CRC. You can go that route or, you know, a clinical data a coordinator and you can move up and you can continue educating and you can move forward and end up being the owner. You can end up being the pioneer in research. Um, and on top of that also be, you know, the forefront of Latinos, right? You can build the, you know, bridge the gap in assisting other Latinos up and, and, and you know, gapping that diversity and, and the inclusion and all of that. So, I mean, I think it's safe to say that we're probably gonna be seeing some really great things from you in the future. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I'm just, it's a pretty awesome story. I'm so glad we got connected. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I have a question. Javier, I'm just wondering, what does your typical day look like in data management? Well, I I actually work from home. I help in the mornings with, uh, with my chores and cooking, uh, taking out the garbage, making uh, the bedroom. <laughs> That's actually what, how my day starts usually. And after uh, I end up with that, I connect um, to my computer, perhaps um, complete some trainings, and then um, I start uh, reviewing um, my mailbox. Uh, sometimes new protocols come in, I start reviewing the protocols, start building what is called the uh, ECRF, that is uh, the series of uh, forms and the visits and forms that patients will go through and will need to uh, fill in with the information uh, cash, uh, collected throughout the, the visit, the, the study, um, conduct. So I start building the forms. The um, I also perform a lot of data review. 
uh, of, of the already set up studies. I go and, and check each page, each patient ECRF. And there um, I write queries about any inconsistencies or, or things that mm, are not complete or need verification. I also um, give a lot of training to new to newcomers, to new team members, uh, teach them about how the uh, tools we use to compose the CRF actually work. Also, I perform a lot of SDTM mapping. Once this, the trials are live, uh, we need to parse the information in our database into an uh, into an unorganized and and already um, as a standardized way of presenting the information to the regulatory authorities. This is called this a study data tabulation model, and it's the way we arrange the information to make it uh, easier for the reviewer of the. Uh, of the study data, either on EMA or FDA, to actually go through the, the, the information and, and see if the drug actually uh, has the, or met the safety and efficacy criteria. And I also perform like data transfers to biostatisticians to, um, so they can start uh, performing this statistical analysis. Also, I contact CRAs to make them aware of any inconsistencies found in ECRF. And since we in data management cannot have like these direct contact with site, we CRAs are like these middlemen that help us reach sites to in order to correct certain um, uh, confusions that they may have during the data entry process. So you study coordinators out there watching, uh, those queries that are generated <laughs> in EDC may have come from Javier, just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's really a, a really interesting part because you're like um, uh, like eyes behind the behind the scenes, right? We we don't see doctors, we don't see patients, we uh, we just see data in, in in the electronic data capture systems, and and but either uh, when it's just figures or names or questions answered. Uh, I think still we, we can have a really good um, graph of, of, of how the study is being conducted just from seeing how, how the CRF are getting completed. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah, um, you know, I work for a global CRO and, you know, it, it surprises me how much, you know, data management go through on a daily basis. I mean, I, I, I do a lot of review on my own, but I mean, I've seen the amount of, you know, queries that come out on a daily and it's 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 a lot, but I mean, yeah, like you said, you're definitely the, the eyes behind everything. You're catching things that the RSMs and CRAs aren't catching. Um, so yeah, your, your role is 
most definitely very, very important. And so anybody that, you know, likes the idea of CRC, CRA, but not so much the interactiveness of, you know, patients and PIs, but you like the data, this is definitely a role you need to consider to, um, you Travel know, as well. Yeah. Travel as well. A lot of people frown on the travel of CRA, so. Oh yeah, the travel, yes. Exactly. Yeah, I found the, the clinical operation uh, way more um, demanding in a lot of sense. As you mentioned, they have to travel a lot. They have to uh, meet with patients, with, meet with investigators that are not always that accessible or they're super busy doing something else. And they have to like pursue them and, and try to, to catch their, their attention in order to clarify some manners. So I, I, I think that that um, social interaction can sometimes be a, a stressful. So, so the fact that you can work with your computer and, and communicate really clearly and effectively throughout email or um, any messaging platform, I think, uh, takes out that that stress of, of having to to pursue the PI that has been really absent for some reason, and then it's your responsibility to to give answers, and you're not getting them. So, I I really think that's the most stressful part of the CRA. You know that you have to manage with people, manage people, but sometimes that pe that that people don't don't always respond as as you expected and is your uh, work to actually um, get results, right? So uh, I think data management, it's it's more easy on that sense. You know, of course we have uh, constant meetings with the sponsors and project managers and, and it's different stakeholders, but I am not, having to be at site, I think really frees you from, from that stress. So uh, go, going through all the source data uh, documentation and, and, and having to, to actually um, sometimes uh, confront cer certain, certain uh, uh, people that, that may not be uh, conducting the research as, as it's supposed to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Sometimes it's not very easy, especially, you know, if the site coordinator or the, like you said, the PI, they're busy or, you know, it's just issue of communication and all that. So I, I most definitely agree. <laughs> awesome. uh, well, I mean, uh, this world has a lot of different flavors for every different taste. So, <laughs> so whoever that likes more the interaction who have that other uh, part and the ones that don't and prefer to be behind the scenes like Javier, then uh, we have it too. <laughs> so it's a matter of uh, choice and, and taste. And I have another question. This is unrelated, but you say you live in, uh, in Europe, in Vienna, was it? Yeah, I, I, I attended. Yeah, I, I was supplying for this program in preventative medicine. Um, so I got invited to present some tests and 
in the week I was there, I, I attended this uh, research center called Vienna Biocenter, that it's uh, a research center in, con in conjunction with uh, the University of Vienna and Bollinger Erlingheim, this big pharma uh, Austrian company. And I think that's one of the biggest, uh, and I think one of the most impressive laboratories I have visited. It's uh, a huge facility with um, anything you would need to perform biotech research. So um, that was, I think, one of the most um, incredible experiences I have had in, in, in academia because I had the opportunity to meet up with people from all over the world, people from Denmark, from Paris, from UK, from really uh, high-end uh, institutions like Oxford, Harvard, Cambridge, and all these, uh, why they're called uh, ablic uh, um, institutions in, in the US, and being able to, to share with them uh, in, at the end of the event, uh, socialize, drink a, a, a glass of wine and, and talk about their projects. I think it, it, it opens my, my mind and to how an international or global career it could uh, be like and, and motivate me to, to actually pursue that, that, um, yes. that goal. That's exactly where my question was towards. So, because you, there is a lot of people, let, let's say in Latin America, or I don't know, somewhere in the world that they are looking for a job opportunity. And then you have that, you are in Mexico and your 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 job is basically, I if I'm not wrong, you're uh, working with people in United States and also in Europe, correct? Mostly in Europe, yes. I, I work for a DM management department in Ukraine and the company is from Slovakia but we always oh, okay. see trials from uh, locations like Austria, Poland, Hungary, the UK, Germany and Russia even so it's it's interesting to be part of a global team yeah i mean i think it's wonderful but that show us how globalized in, in uh, we are right now but my, my next question is obviously you have the you have your education but besides that you have the language you speak Spanish you speak English uh, do you speak any other language just a, a bit of German okay but which language did open uh, the the doors uh, for the rest of the world English you? most definitely I was in Vienna, and I think everyone understood English perfectly. Vienna is this really um, cosmopolitan uh, capital, so you will find people from all around the globe, and I think that makes really common to for English to actually uh, be the the main um, language for communication. The, the doctor I was talking to that I met was actually Ukrainian. So if we didn't have that in common, we, it would be impossible to actually connect. Speak. Yeah. So yeah, I think learning languages will also give you a better chance to, to 
enter this industry because I think uh, at least most of the communications are in this language and being able to to write your manager or or, uh, or a director in operations and ask or apply to apply for the job will actually make uh, um, will be a, an essential part of the application regardless of your background and your, or the position you're applying. So I'm going to piggyback on Monica's question there. So you, were, you mentioned a number of different countries um, that you're working with, um, Russia, Hungary, and so on. When you generate a query, are you generating the query in <laughs> that language or I, uh, how, how's that done? That's no, a actually, great question. <laughs> they, they, they are actually uh, obliged to actually, to complete the CRF in, in English. Oh, so you're uh, generating the queries in English too then? Yeah, and oh. if, even if we catch some German or some other language in the CRF, we have to query that and ask them to, to translate to, to English because mm -hmm. I, I think it's a requirement for FDA uh, submissions and perhaps MI has this language as the global standard for, for research. Mm. So that just that further enhances what you had just said about English, how important it is to be successful in this industry. Yeah, definitely. Regardless of your location, your nationality, your, um, your academic background, I think it, if you don't have the ability to communicate properly in this language, will definitely um, um, drag you down in, and will maybe make your, your path into getting into clinical research way more harder. Mm. Wow. Well, I learned something new today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me too. <laughs> oh, wow. Great. Yeah, me too. Awesome. But that's wonderful. I mean, now we know that having obviously your own language and then English is a great asset. Always yeah. is to have a, to have a second language is a great asset. Most definitely. Well, thank you so much, Javier. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome getting to know you and hearing your story. Um, super inspiring, honestly. I mean, it opens my eyes to opportunities that I wasn't necessarily aware of as far as routes were concerned. So. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much. It's been great. Uh, we hope to see you on our webinars. We feel that, you know, your, your knowledge is invaluable to our members. And, you know, if you know anybody else that's in clinical research, please spread the word. Again, we'd like to provide free resources for everybody all over, um, specifically, you know, uh, all ethnicities, but our focus, of course, is on Latinos, right? So, Thank you so much for being here. Um, and I know I speak for everybody along with Dan that we appreciate your time. Yes, and thank so, you for your time. Yeah. Very much. No, you're yeah. welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I also work with people in Colombia and it's, it's amazing <laughs> to see uh, if, if they can. Uh, I will definitely let them know about this movement and, and let and perhaps you could uh, talk with them as well. One of them is my, my, it's a data manager and actually she's getting recruited uh, by Bayer in the, U in the UK. So she's oh. moving right now with the company, but 
perhaps you, she also uh, has a really interesting story that could um, inspire and, 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 and share with, with the community. Uh, so I, I will oh, share them. You. Thank you so much. Thank we really you. appreciate thank that. <laughs> yes, the more that we can reach out to, the better, most definitely. But thank you so, so much. And we will definitely be in touch. Thank you, Ashley. It was, has you. been a pleasure talking with, with all of you. Uh, I send my my kindness uh, greetings to all of you, and uh, I wish you uh, a really nice weekend. Have a nice Thank weekend you. as well, Thank Javier. You. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Uh, bye bye. Javier, before you finish, before you go, <laughs> yeah. before you go, yeah, we'll stop the recording, I Chris. Think we should do this in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs>